Welcome back to the Wise Man's Fear. Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 385. Chapter 57, A Handful of Iron. I met Brayden on my fourth day in Severin. It was early, but I was already pacing my rooms, nearly insane with boredom. I'd had my breakfast, and it was hours before lunch. So far today, I dealt with three courtiers come to pry at me. I dealt with them deftly, running our conversations aground at every opportunity. So, where are you from, my boy? Oh, you know how it is. One travels so, and your parents? Yes, actually, I had them. Two, in fact. What brings you to Severin? A coach and four for the most part, though I walked a bit as well. Good for the lungs, you know. And what are you doing here? Enjoying good conversations, of course. Meeting interesting people? Really? Who? Why all sorts, including you, Lord Pravik. You are quite the fascinating fellow. And so on. It was long before even the most tenacious rumormongers grew weary and left. Worst of all, these brief exchanges would be the most interesting part of my day if the mayor didn't call for me. So far, we'd conversed over a light lunch, three times during brief walks in the garden, and once late at night when most sensible people would be abed. Twice Alvaron's runner woke me from a sound sleep before the sky began to color with the blue beginnings of dawn's light. I know when I'm being tested— Alvaron wanted to see if I was truly willing to make myself available to him at any unreasonable hour of the day or night. He was watching to see if I would become impatient or irritated by his casual use of me. So I played the game. I was charming and unfailingly polite. I came when he called and left as soon as he was through with me. I asked no impertinent questions, made no demands on him, and spent the remainder of my day at the end of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I know we're not at TAC yet, but I know TAC is coming because Brayden is deeply involved in TAC. And he also introduces Quoth to the ring game. And this really makes me clue into the idea of how deeply interwoven the notion of games are with the Vintish nobility. Everything for them is a game on some level. Quoth on this level says, I played the game. In this case, he's referring to the the social game of trying to avoid explaining to the people who come calling what it is he's doing there. The mayor is playing a game with him in that he's testing him to see if he has a breaking point, see how far he can trust him. And the mayor's already kind of introduced him to this idea that, you know, everyone has an angle. Uh, you, you need to, you know, be, watch this and that. But... Certainly the, the euphemism of the beautiful game that Brayden introduces could arguably be applied to the comings and goings of the Vintish court in addition to, you know, any other like grand machinations of gameplay. But it's just uh, what I'm thinking about on this page is that this whole culture of nobility is in a very real sense gamified. 
Yeah, that's an interesting observation, uh, and I thank you for pointing it out because I like I don't think that had really clicked for me. But now that you said, it, I'm like, oh yeah, that is that is like a theme that's running through all of this, and it also like just in terms of atmosphere and setting, it does put one in mind of something, especially combined with the way Quoth describes himself talking to these nobles to like basically tell them nothing, um, with like kind of 19th century aristocrats and like for example like when britain and russia were kind of fighting over who was going to control afghanistan and the places around afghanistan it was all it was a cold war and they called it the great game and the game was like a game of nations the game was like who's going to control this part of the world and it was all the maneuverings of these of these two empires and the aristocrats and diplomats who who made them up and so combined with the the way he's like giving non-answers in this very casual aristocratic language you know oh you know one travels so it it yeah i don't know it's it's interesting well i i think it's fun for him another thing i wanted to say is that i think that this is fun for quoth i think that coming up with these ways to dodge them is how he's like, he says it explicitly like this was all i really did but i think he's having some fun with it too he's enjoying messing with these knobs mm-hmm and as we learn on tomorrow's page, he's also like part of the reason he's enjoying it is because he's getting to play a part and he hasn't really flexed his muscles in like the sense of like, play, like his dramatic muscles as it were in a while. Yeah. I have, I don't know if it's a, I don't know that I have a problem with it, but I feel like there's like a lot of extra words in this one piece of the page that like, it feels very fantasy novel, but it almost feels like cheesily so. So the sentence I am referring to is uh, twice Alvaron's runner woke me from a second. Yeah, sorry. Woke me from a sound sleep before the sky began to color with the blue beginnings of dawn's light. Like that is, that's a mouthful. Like we already know he woke you up early. You didn't have to write it like that. <laughs> it's a little flowery. I admit it. I like it. <laughs> that's the kind of flowery I enjoy. I think I like that kind of flowery when it feels natural. For some reason in this spot, it feels like extra. I agree with you, Jordana. It seems like this is a very matter of fact recollection and it doesn't require this this poetry. I think if Quoth was like gazing at the sky and had an emotional reaction, then it might be more appropriate. But I think that's, I think I agree with you that it's like, in a very rote recitation of fact, it's a little out of place to have a line that describes the the beautiful blue splotches of the day breaking. I think the reason that it's there <laughs> is to emphasize for us and give us like a, a meaningful description of like just how early in the morning he's being woken up. You can say he woke me before dawn. But like that's not as evocative or memorable as saying he woke me before the sky began to color with the blue beginning of dawn's light. Like that's way more specific and evocative. Fine. I am willing to hear this argument. <laughs> yes, your highness. <laughs> now you're actually <laughs> both generous queen. You're also sipping tea from a little dainty mug right now. It with is your not dainty. Up, this so. thing is big. This is a big mug. <laughs> I have dainty teacups. Don't make me bring them out. I will. I, I, I'm good on this page. I want to mosey on because Brayden is one of my favorite characters and there's a lot of tinfoil and crackpot theories that you can attach to Brayden. So I'm, I'm, I want to get going. All right. Well, why don't we, why don't we mosey on over?
then let's mosey on to Bradentown, and we will braid your hair on tomorrow's page of the, the way. way.